0: Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Sanford University. Now your host, Doug Sweeney. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I am your host, Doug Sweeney, and I'm joined today by my friend and Beeson alumnus, Christopher Lebensky, who graduated on December 1, just two weeks ago, as the winner of this semester's James Earl Massey Student Preaching Award. Christopher preached in chapel on November the 7th. He preached a truly fine sermon, which is now available on Beeson's YouTube channel. I encourage you to watch it, and I welcome Christopher to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's great
0: to be here. Great to have you. All right, let's introduce you uh, to our listeners. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your
1: upbringing, and how you came to faith in Christ. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, well, I was blessed to be raised in a wonderful Christian family, um, to Christian parents. Um, I think I first experienced the love of God through uh, their ministry um, and through my church um, from a barely, very early age. Uh, I remember hearing uh, clearly the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, came to uh, believe that and cl- cling to that at a very early age. Um, I grew up in uh, San Diego, California, um, between the, the ocean and the mountains. Um, really, you poor thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 hard place to grow up for sure. Um, so that was a blessing in many ways. Um, my dad is uh, a professor of music at uh, Point Loma Nazarene University, which we grew up near. So early life was really uh, connected both with the university and the, the campus church that we're a part of uh, First Church of the Nazarene in San Diego.
0: All right, Christopher, First Church of the Nazarene. Lots of people know what that means. I know what that means. Some people in Alabama don't know a lot about the Church of the Nazarene. Tell them what that is, what denominational background are you coming from?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, a Wesleyan holiness denomination, um, which means it has its roots in the Methodist movement, ultimately back to uh, John and Charles. Wesley um, and the, the revival in, in England and then beyond, especially in uh, in North America. Um, so it, it comes from there, and then um, uh, the the holiness movement uh, leading into uh, the 20th century um, got a lot of people really excited about renewal in the church. Um, serving the poor uh, was was a key part of that, um, as well as uh, education, um, and so. Uh, the Church of the Nazarene uh, began yeah, er, early in the 20th century um, and is uh, very missionally focused. It's, um, most of, of the members live outside of the Western world. Um, and yeah, it's very focused on, on education and uh, ministry to the least of these. Yeah,
0: a wonderful church, and uh, you're a wonderful representative of it. But So how does a California boy from uh, the Church of the Nazarene, get to know about Beeson Divinity School and decide to move most of the way across the country to attend. How did you first hear about us?
1: Yeah, so I first heard about Beeson uh, from one of my professors in college, um, Dr. Rick Kennedy, uh, and he is uh, interested and uh, has done scholarship on Jonathan Edwards, which is also true of you. Yeah, truth in advertising, Rick Kennedy's my friend. Excellent. Yeah, he he deserves a a promotional. He does. He's a wonderful man. Um, So he he was the first. I I told him I was um, considering seminary, that that was something I was discerning. I wasn't sure if maybe I was going to go into uh, more of an academic route with history. Um, But yeah, he told me about Beeson. And so um, as the Lord began to make it more clear uh, that he was calling me to... uh, uh, to seminary, uh, to uh, service towards the church, as well as uh, possibly academics. Um, it was on my radar, and uh, along with a few other seminaries, um, I, I applied, and uh, Easton came out on top. Yeah, fantastic. I'm glad it did. What was seminary like
0: for you? I mean, a lot of people who listen to these podcast episodes are people thinking about whether God has seminary for them. As you look back on your seminary experience, what's some of the the good, the bad, and the ugly, and what kind of advice would you have uh, to people who are wondering whether seminary is worth the effort?
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, my seminary experience here at Beeson in some ways is unique. Uh, because we are in-person, uh, life together. Um, and so that's that's definitely the highlight. It is the, the people of Beeson. Um, I've met some of my best friends here. Um, the professors are uh, accessible and uh, care about not just our learning, um, but, but our lives and our ministries. Um, my wife, Caitlin, has also... Uh, experienced a lot of support here uh, through the Beasts and Wives Fellowship. She's been able to sit in on a class, um, join with a lot of the uh, Center for Women in Ministry events as well. Um, And so she's made some good friends here as well. Um, So this really is is a place um, where you can lean into uh, both a community of learning, but a community of uh, friendship Um, and, and people who are passionate about serving the church. Um, it's a very rigorous program. Um, and I think it's important to be, uh, emotionally, spiritually, maybe physically prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Um, just to, to know that coming in, uh, to have, um, some good patterns, maybe already established or, or planned, um. Uh, so that you can uh, make time for uh, Christian disciplines, even as you integrate those disciplines into your study, um, that you uh, get exercise, get outside, go on walks. Those have been some of the, um, the refreshing activities for me uh, and Caitlin during our time here. So it is very demanding. Um, you do have to uh, stay on top of the things. But the good thing is that, again, it is such a wonderful community, so you're not alone in these things. You have a mutual encouragement and edification of, of the body of Christ here in this place. Of course, the,
0: the excuse for having you on the program, Christopher, is that you're the winner of this year's Massey Prize for the best student preacher of the semester usually the Massey Prize goes to somebody who's sure he or she wants to go on to a lifetime of preaching ministry. You've talked about, you're thinking maybe PhD. Tell us a little bit about that. Have you been torn? Have you been trying to figure out, am I supposed to be a pastor or a professor? Or how have you tried to discern God's leading uh, towards the future for you during your
1: time at seminary? Yeah, it really began (laughs) as I was discerning to come to seminary um, because during college I think I had in mind more of an academic route um, but near the end of college I um, just yeah my, my involvement in the church um, and, and kind of a growing uh, passion for uh, people to be fed by the word of God um, led me to take a gap year uh, and to uh, discern and just kind of work gave me some space to be involved in my church. Uh, and it was there that it became really clear um, that my academic interests and my ministry interests uh, interest really couldn't be neatly separated. Hmm. Um, that it, I felt in some ways a uh, calling as a translator in the sense of um, learning and uh rigorously studying uh, some of the best that scholarship has to offer um, but finding ways in which uh, those things along with other things uh, can be communicated to the average congregant in ways that are going to be meaningful to them. Um, So I I think my uh, time at Beeson has just continued that trajectory. Um, It's very much a part of Beeson's ethos uh, that Academics, the rigorous study, um, and that uh, passionate, practical ministry um, are are not separate. Um, I was able to be part uh, of uh, the Center uh, for uh what was it, pa- Pastor Center for Pastor Theologians? Pastoral Theologians, yes. thank you. Um, for for a couple of semesters here, um, just so just to see that that's that's a common experience. Um, there doesn't need to be a division. Uh, between academics and ministry. Um, so practically speaking, uh, looking forward, I, uh, I am applying for doctoral programs right now um, and God willing would, would start next fall. Um, but throughout this waiting time, uh, hopefully throughout my Ph.D. And, and beyond, if I have a teaching career, um, I want to have a, a weekly ministry uh, in, in the local mm-hmm. church. Uh, teaching and preaching whenever those, those opportunities arise. So how did you become such an excellent
0: preacher? Did you preach before you ever came to seminary, or did you learn to preach while you were here
1: for the first time? I preached one sermon uh, before seminary. I was uh, part of it in internship during uh, one of the summers in college. And uh, it was a really uh, wonderful time of spiritual maturation. In um, the, the final week, final Sunday uh, of that experience, I uh, was invited to preach, um, and I actually preached uh, from more more of the Matthew and Luke passages on Christ's temptations in the wilderness, uh, which is kind of a um, yeah, maybe a providential full circle here. Yes, yeah, it's become a, a preaching theme of yours. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I was absolutely terrified. Um, from very, very early age, I've been a shy person, um, and afraid of public speaking. Um, I remember in that experience, I was up most of the night beforehand, unable uh-huh. to sleep.
0: Um, I love when I hear these stories. You're not the only one, of course, uh, I know, who was kind of a sweet, introverted, sensitive, shy kid who's blossomed into an amazing preacher. But it's fun to watch God work in somebody's life, getting them through that transformation.
1: Yeah. So it's really been my experience here at Easton that I think God has used to help grow me in that area to be um, not just more or comfortable uh, standing in front of people, but comfortable and secure in uh, the Word of God, mm. in that um, God, by His mercy, is, uh, is speaking through me um, the, what He wants to communicate to the people um, through, through the Spirit.
0: Who are your preaching teachers here at Vison? Did you have Doctor Smith for all your preaching, Doctor
1: Webster, for, or? for two semesters? Yeah, okay. I had Doctor Webster for pastoral theology, okay. and Doctor Pascarello for some of my Wesleyan classes. Wesleyan. So. Okay, but all the
0: preaching was Doctor Smith. Correct. All right. Yeah. What, what did he see in you that he wanted to kind of cultivate in your own development as a preacher? Yeah,
1: he really encouraged me uh, to find my voice as a preacher. Um, as well as my own uh, personal style, um, which is has been a good uh, journey. I came in uh, basically preaching as I would read a paper uh, yeah. from a manuscript. Yeah. Um, and I often still use manuscripts, but he, he's taught me the importance of internalizing, um, giving room for the spirit um, in the moment to maybe bring up new things to respond uh, to uh, how it seems people are, are reacting in, in the congregation. Um, so he, he's helped me to uh, move away from the manuscript, even as I still write a manuscript each time, but to internalize that, sometimes to memorize parts of that. Um, but most of all, he's, he's just reminded me to be confident. Um, in the Lord who has uh, has given these gifts, um, that he affirmed uh, some of those gifts in me when I couldn't see them. Um, and so, yeah, he, he is just truly a um, a father in the faith and a brother in Christ, and encouragement to me.
0: I know you come from a very musical family and that you're a pretty musical guy yourself, but your dad's a music prof mm-hmm. at Point Loma. Did, do you think your development as a musician helped at all in your development as, as a preacher?
1: I think so. Yeah, I think that's more of a recent realization connecting the dots. Um, I was raised uh, in a very musical family. My mom is a singer. Um, my sister uh, now is a full-time piano teacher. Um, I remember countless nights falling asleep to the sound of voice and keys um, with my my parents making music um, so yeah, I think I've really um, been awakened to uh, the beauty of uh, of preaching mm. um, that it's okay to put a lot of preparation in to craft phrases um, to think about how how something sounds to the extent that it feels that it would promote and help people to remember um, the the message um, Mm -hmm. that's coming across. Wow.
0: All right, and here's the question everybody wants me to ask. If you're a seminary student, and you're the only seminary student given the opportunity to preach (laughs) in chapel during a semester, and you know all your professors will be there listening to you, and all your friends and peers in the student body will be listening to you, is that mostly an enjoyable, exciting, encouraging thing, or does it scare you to death? Or what? What was the experience like for you of actually preaching in chapel?
1: Yeah, I think the preparation uh, was was most of the scariness. There, there is some vacillation between just, yeah, feeling so thankful for the opportunity once I wrapped my head around that I had said yes um, to doing it, um, and there, there are certainly moments. A um, fear uh, where I really had to be prayerful and to uh, share that with some good friends and my wife um, and to hear their words of encouragement that um, the point of this is simply to uh, encourage the people of God uh, and that uh, my professors and my peers are, are there to support me um, and to be, be part of that. So I think by the time then I actually got up there, thanks be to God, I felt um, a lot of peace and and calm. And just looking around and seeing smiling faces um, of people I I know and and love, um, who I am in classes with, um, I felt relief and enjoyment in the moment of preaching.
0: Yeah, well, it sure was a wonderful, edifying sermon. Thank you very much for doing it. So we always like to end our podcast interviews, Christopher, by asking our guests what the Lord is teaching them these days. Now, it's an interesting thing to ask a student who's just finished his MDiv career, his fall semester, all the papers you had to write, the finals, whatever it was you had to do to finish this fall semester well. In the midst of all that theological and professional spiritual busyness, is the Lord still at work teaching you some things? And if so, What's he been teaching you recently?
1: Yeah, he's definitely teaching me some things. Um, I'm really looking forward to uh, some more space to process the past three and a half years um, because I've, I've learned so much. I've grown so much. Um, I think recently, um, this semester and, and, and moving forward, I hope, the Lord's been really reminding me of his kindness um, towards towards me, um, mm. towards my family, yeah. towards the Eastern community um, and I think in, in some ways that in the past I may have overlooked um, because they they're simple things. Um, it's just being able to share a good meal um, with a friend mm. or um, being able to get outside on these darker winter days and um, enjoy a nice, nice walk while, while the sun's out. Yeah. Um, being able to see uh, people uh, growing in their faith in baby steps uh, in my congregation. Um, there, there's so many of these ways where I've just seen God's kindness, been able to uh, recognize that in a, a more consistent and, and deeper way. Mm,
0: wonderful. We do have uh, a good number of prayer warriors who listen regularly to the podcast, and they're probably wondering, how can we be praying for this this young man who's just finished his Master of Divinity degree at Beeson and is heading on to serve the Lord somewhere else, yet to be determined? How can these folks be praying for you and for your dear wife, Caitlin, in days ahead?
1: Yeah, cer- certainly for direction. Um, like I said, I'll, uh, I-, I hope to start doctoral program in the fall um, but there's a few months until then um, so some immediate discernment of uh, how to best make use of this opportunity of having a little more time on our hands um, how to to rest well um, where to uh, where to work where to uh, continue to surf um, I think though as much if not more than than direction i would pay for an increase of faith Mm -hmm. and and trust Um, that the lord has always been faithful to us um, that as we process this season of time here at Beeson in in birmingham um, that we would become more aware of god's faithfulness Mm -hmm. and kindness to us um, and that would uh, increase our trust moving forward into some okay. unknowns, um, that we would be secure in our faith, um, knowing God's love for us.
0: Oh, Lord, may that be true of all of us, those in this room and those listening on the podcast. You have been listening to Christopher Lebinski. Uh He is a, a graduating senior. By the time you listen to this, he will have graduated with his Master of Divinity degree at Beeson Divinity School. He's heading off uh, to service in the church, probably ongoing service in the Church of the Nazarene, which is the church uh, that he's come from, uh, and probably uh, doctoral work in theology as well. So please pray for Christopher. Thank you for tuning in. We love you, and we say goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from the campus of Samford University. Our theme music is by Advent Birmingham announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our engineer is Rob Willis, and our show host is Doug Sweeney. For more episodes and to subscribe, visit com slash
1: podcast.
0: You can also find the Beeson Podcast on iTunes
1: and Spotify.